this moment for a second. Let's just stay right here for a second. How amazing is it to not only declare the praises of Jesus, but to get inspired by the testimony of our friends and family, right? Like, it's just so amazing to see. Yeah, oh, I, I absolutely love it. So just bow your heads with me for a second. Jesus, we just want to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We declare that we have already had church today because we have seen the, the public witness of our brothers and sisters. And, and we are just so thankful for that. We're so thankful to be a part of, of this church that is vibrant and alive, that, that you are moving powerfully through the, this church, your body, this, this beautiful family of God called Overlake Christian Church. And so we just want to give you all praise, all glory. We want to lift your name on high. We want to declare that you are wonderful and righteous and good. And we, we are so thankful for the work you're already doing in terms of inspiring and challenging us to, to be more of a public witness in our own life and faith with you. And, and so Jesus, just keep doing it. Keep working. Keep inspiring us. We, we just give you today and every day in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so give somebody a high five right now before you grab a seat. Let's just high five all around the room. I love it. Yep, good, good job. High fives. Well done. Excellent. Excellent work. All right. Go ahead and grab a seat. Oh, I, I love it too because in both services, uh, some of you just, you just shirk the high five. You're like, no, get that out of here. And you just hug. You just lean in for a hug. Brother's got a hug, you know. I love it. Go ahead and grab your notes out of your handout. And what I want to do today, something 
a little bit unique. God's kind of been stirring in my heart lately about, about what today could be. So, so it's going to be a little bit of a one-off, a little bit unique. But I want to start with something that was really, really common for me. About every September, this happened. I'd, I'd, you know, end of summer, I'd go back to school, and first week of school, the teacher would assign me, whether it's elementary school or middle school, the teacher would give us an essay to write. And the essay was something like, what I did over the summer vacation. And I don't know how often they get that assignment today, but I'm telling you, it was year after year after year growing up. And I just want to ask you, be totally, totally honest with me by show of hands, how many of you have ever had that essay assignment and had to fill it out, you know, write it and turn it in? Yeah, so many of us. So it's just a part of, I think, what, you know, happened was good education in the 1970s, I guess. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, every once in a while, it was a really hard assignment because it was a ho-hum summer, and so the essay that I was crafting was a ho-hum essay, right? If you, if you didn't have an adventurous summer, you didn't have a whole lot to tell, and, and, and at the time, this is, I'm, I'm a totally different human now, but at the time, I was not above a little fabrication for a good essay, right? Like, you want to make your summer sound awesome, and so I'd come, it, it's a little like showing up to show and tell with like an empty cardboard box. Nobody wants that, right? You want to come with something good. And, and so I wanted to have some good story to tell. And so here's the challenge. The challenge is I want you to think about September that's coming up and think about looking back over the course of these next couple of months and making them the most incredible, radical, awesome months of the entire year. Now, some of you, you're like, hey, the next two months, they're already going to be incredible. They're really the only reason why I continue to live in the Pacific Northwest, right? It's, just, it's like this gift that God gives us of a beautiful summer, and so we're already excited about it. But I want you to be intentional when it comes to framing what might be a beautiful, beautiful gift from God straight to you. So let's take a look. This is Psalm 90, 14. It says, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. So you can see it's the love that satisfies us. That we may rejoice and be glad all our days. So it's God's love that brings a deep satisfaction for our lives. And because his love satisfies us, we can have rejoicing and gladness during our days. But requires some intentionality on our part. It requires us to be intentional, intentional rather, about him and about drawing close to him and allowing his love to satisfy us deeply. And so I want us to think about that word intentionality over the course of your summer. Because I truly believe that God is offering us a gift. And one of the most intentional summers I ever spent was about eight, nine years ago. And I put a, a big piece of a butcher paper up on our kitchen wall. And my family and I, we filled that butcher paper with 50 different activities to do. 50 different sort of adventure type things that we were going to do that summer. And then every time we did an activity, we crossed it off the list. And at the end of that summer, we had crossed 46 items off of that list. And some of you are like, oh man, why didn't you do all 50? And listen, I tried. Okay, that was the whole point. I was trying. But... I, I want to make this point, 
that I think because we put 50 items up on the list, we were able to accomplish 40 more items than we would have had we not made the list. Are you following me? And so what I want to do today is I want to begin a list for you. By no means is this designed to be a comprehensive list, but it's just the very beginnings of a list that you and I might take and work and, and grow and develop so that we can live a very intentional life this summer. And if you're filling in the blanks, the very first one as we lean in and explore what Jesus has for us is this, the idea that we would take a risk, that we would take a risk that we'd get out of our comfort zone, that we would stretch ourselves just a little bit. And that first subpoint, you'll see a bunch of subpoints under each of the main headings here, is that you would invite someone new over to your house. That you would invite somebody new just for the purpose of developing a friendship. You know, it, it just consider it the very beginning, planting seeds of friendship as you invite somebody over for an iced tea or a coffee or, you, you know, soda, whatever it is that you do. But just say, hey, come on over. Let's hang out and, and, and let's just start getting to know one another, right? It's, you're planting seeds of friendship by taking a risk here. Number two, host neighbors for a barbecue. Host your neighbors over for a barbecue. And, and I would just declare to you, believe it or not, this is becoming a lost art. It's happening less and less and less in our culture today that we would just invite friends to come over and kind of hang out for a nice leisurely afternoon, evening. But I do want you to understand Jesus utilized this kind of thing all the time. His ministry was filled with these kinds of dinners, these kinds of hanging out and, and having great conversation around a meal. And I just put one example in your notes. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Many of you know this story. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, we don't really say short, we say vertically challenged, but because he was vertically challenged, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. See, Jesus was so good at that, he could even invite himself over to your house, right? Like he could, you know, Zach, come on down, buddy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a nice long meal with you. And, and, uh, and so Zacchaeus was thrilled at the opportunity. And many of you who know the story know that that day over the meal, Zacchaeus' entire life changed. And not only did his life change, but because his life changed, life in all of Jericho changed because Jesus came to dinner. And I just want you to understand that eating together is so countercultural. So let's change this over. Like, let's make this a part of our just normal process. We can use that time to listen well, to ask good questions, cultivate friendships, and hear one another's stories. And you might want to just write this down in the margins somewhere because it's absolutely true that lives change over food. Lives change over food. God has been using a meal together to change lives since the dawn of history. Brings me to this next fill-in. Number three is the challenge to organize a summer block party. And you can do this by going online to occ.org summer. You can actually talk to someone in the hallway today. But we've got a great opportunity. Several of these are already planned. But it's a powerful opportunity for us to meet our neighbors. 
So here's what I'd like to challenge you to do. Flip your page over. On the back, you'll notice a little grid, and it's got your home in the middle and then a bunch of neighbors' homes. And I want you to just take a moment and write down some names of your neighbors. So go ahead and do this right now. Just write down the neighbor on the left, neighbor on the right. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? All right. Now, some of you can only write one name down, and, and, so, and for some of you, that was your spouse. Your spouse is not a neighbor, okay? You need to, and, and here's the deal. Even if you only knew one neighbor today or two neighbors today, receive it as a challenge that by the end of the summer, you'll know them all. Amen? That you'll actually learn them, and you'll invite them over, and you'll have some interaction with them. Find out a bit about their story, etc. So a, a summer block party is a great way to do that. And this brings me to number four, which is the challenge to say yes to an adventurous moment. Say yes to an adventurous moment this summer. In other words, you recognize that there are some ways in which you have become comfortable, some ways in which you have stopped trying to challenge yourself, and so lean into an adventurous moment this summer. And some of you are going on mission trips, that's a part of that. Some of you are maybe getting into social situations which would stretch you a little. Pastor Pat was telling me that last summer, his adventurous moment is that he tried a poke bowl for the very first time. So that was his challenge, was a dietary challenge, and he loved it, and he loved it because Pat is a very, very holy person, and Pokey is from the Lord. So, but that, that's his challenging moment. What, what would yours be? I was talking to Pastor Dan Hamer this week, and he was reminding me of his story when he was in college that he set up, a, he decided, hey, this summer I'm going to run, and so he wanted to run from Anderson, Indiana to Nashville, Tennessee, it was a distance of 350 miles. He ran it in 10 days. Now, I'm not that good at math, but that seems like 35 miles a day or so. Does that sound like a challenge to you? And if you talk to Dan today, he'll, he'll admit it. He'll tell you the story. He'll tell it in sort of his normal deadpan fashion, like, yeah, I did that. That's when I was young and skinny and stupid and, you know, that kind of thing. But, but it's just so funny to me because if I did that, I'd write a book about it. I'd go on tour about it. I'd introduce myself every single time with that as the prelude. Like, I would be so excited about that. And, and so I don't know what your adventure is. You obviously don't have to do something that strenuous. But, but what is the adventurous moment? that Jesus is calling you to. Maybe this is the summer you learn how to paddleboard, or maybe this is the summer that you go on that hike that's a little bit more challenging, or maybe this is that summer that, that you learn some new skill, or you try that new activity that you've never, ever done before, but stretch yourself and have that adventurous moment. Scripture says in Colossians 4, 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. So underline that last phrase, make the most of every opportunity. Friends, God is giving all of us an opportunity this summer and he's allowing us to make the most of it. That's how we receive this summer as a gift. And that brings me to the next fill-in, which is that challenge to make the most. It's just a challenge to maximize the opportunity that we have. And there are several ways that we can, several things we can make the most of. The first here, number five, is that we can make the most of OCC's summer calendar. 
So some of you are already aware of this, that in summertime, what we do is we kind of shift all of the schedule around. This starts next Sunday, by the way. So we'll do only one service on Sunday mornings. We'll gather everyone together for a 10 a.m. service. And that starts next Sunday, and it'll go all the way through the first weekend in September. But we're excited about that. We're excited about hosting an international Sunday. We're excited about a couple of family services. We got barbecues after those. We're excited about park parties happening all over the region. So there's all kinds of things that we're excited about this summer. But you just need to understand that if we're going to maximize this summer, you have to realize that Jesus will be foundational for that. That, that your relationship with the Lord has to be foundational for you maximizing what it looks like to receive this summer as a gift. See, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You do realize that by gathering together, we spur one another on, don't you? That even today when we saw our brothers and sisters get into the waters of baptism, that, that we were encouraged, that we were inspired, that we were invigorated spiritually because they, by their testimony, were spurring us on in our faith. And that's what we do when we gather together is we encourage one another not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so that's one thing we can maximize is this overlaked summer schedule. The next thing that we make the most of is uh, a road trip connection. A road trip connection. And just about every summer, the Howerton family goes on a road trip. I just, I was asking this, and it was so fun to see in the first service. I want to see in, the, in this service. How many of you, over the course of the next couple of months, are going to be driving to a destination that's longer than two hours away? Raise your hand if you're going to be driving more than two hours. Yeah, so, so many of us. And so road trips are just a part of this thing. I just want to declare this very, very sincerely to you, that God loves road trips. God loves road trips. Yeah, you know. You know what I'm saying here. And here's, here's how I can say this. It, it's biblical, okay? It's biblical. What did God do with the Israelites for 40 years? He took them on a road trip. Right? It was a 40-year wander, and they were just cruising around, and God was with them the whole way. God loves meeting people on road trips. Some of you know the story in the New Testament after the resurrection. It's called the road trip to Emmaus. Do you know that story? Where the disciples are road tripping to this other town called Emmaus, and Jesus meets them on the road. Right? You, you, you know that story. Some of you know that, that Saul, as he was on a road trip to Damascus, God met him, right? Jesus met him on the road and changed his life, transformed him forever. Even his name changed from Saul to Paul. And, and, and so God loves road trips. And there's such an opportunity for us to experience his beauty and his splendor and his majesty and his person on road trips. And so I really want to encourage you to maximize that. By the way, I ended up writing a book about, uh, about a road trip. Do we even have that? Yeah. Miles to Cross. I, I wrote a book about four years of road trips and, and uh, it, it, you know, it, it's a great book. Uh, immediately afterwards, an author named Donald Miller wrote another book about road trips. It's called Through Painted Deserts. Uh, you know, some of you are looking at that going, wow, it looks like he ripped you off. And, and I won't argue with that. Um, but I would let you know that one of us is the best-selling author. Uh, it's it, not me. Um, 
But on a road trip, the challenge is that you would make it somehow special, that you, that you would maximize the opportunity. Don't just allow it to be somebody driving and everybody else on a screen. Like, you've got, to, you've got to say, I want to be intentional about this road trip. I've got a buddy who, he, he just decided early on that every time they stopped for gas on a road trip, that it was free reign. The kids could go in and get any junk food item they wanted to get. And so it's just this special thing where the kids just knew, oh, we get to get treats, we get to get candy and all that stuff. I, I got a, another buddy, and he, his idea is that every single time they stop in a hotel with a pool, they have to play Marco Polo together. So it's just Marco Polo every time they stop. Uh, the one that I like the best is a family that every time they drive by a body of water, the whole family has to get out and jump in. Yeah, it, that sounds awesome to me. But the idea is you gotta, you gotta grab it. You gotta, you gotta make something happen, whether, you know, whether you're doing a rap battle with your family or, or, or you're just maximizing it by telling stories together. Or you're doing something to maximize this road trip connection, building memories, because the memories are what your life is made of. Brings me to the next point, number seven, is maximize, make the most of a significant conversation with each family member. A significant conversation with each family member, each loved one, whether it's your kids, whether it's your parents, whether it's extended family, whoever it is that's in that circle of your loved ones, that you use the time this summer to have significant conversations. And I fully am aware that many of you try to have those kinds of significant conversations every day with your loved ones, with your spouse, with your family member. I get it, and I think that's beautiful. I just want to recognize that so many of us, we live at such a pace, and we're just trying to make sure, especially at this time of the year, that all the permission slips are signed, and all the, the yearbook fees are paid and we get our kids exactly where they're supposed to be and all the grades are getting in and we're just kind of, we're just trying to make it all happen and we're not having those significant conversations. Summertime's a great time to really reinvest in those and to spend some significant time really drawing out where your loved ones are and what it is that God might be stirring in their lives. You know, there's this great uh, passage in the book of Genesis where Jacob, at the end of his life, speaks blessing over all his children. And some of you might be familiar with that because what Jacob says to each child is unique. And it's, it's specifically tailored toward that child and the unique gifts and strengths. And he, and he calls out potential and future. And, and I just want you to understand that you don't need to wait until the end of your life to have that conversation. That that's, it's an opportunity we have this summer to have that conversation and to speak life and potential into our loved ones. Ephesians 5.16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Look, the days are evil. The days are busy. The days, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just happening. There's all kinds of distractions, and we need to make the most of the opportunities that God gives us. Brings me to number eight, on whole days without television, computer, or cell phone screens. Whole days where we just say, nope, no screens allowed today. You might be familiar with this passage in scripture. It says, and on the seventh day, God put down his phone, logged off his computer, and took a rest, right? 
See, when we stop distracting ourselves, we can become more aware of God's presence in our lives with us. Look at Psalm 21, 6. It says, for you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Underline that phrase. Exceedingly glad with your presence. I, I just want to bring this up. Some of us, we come to God for the things that he can give us. Some of us come to God for the things we might get from God. I want you to understand that we need to come to God for his presence, for him. He himself is the great gift. He himself is the great prize. And so we come to him and, and we become exceedingly glad in his presence. But it requires us to kind of shut down distractions, to put away TV, computer, cell phone. Number nine, challenge is to read at least one inspirational book this summer. Read one inspirational book that really fills your tank, that really refills your bucket. And, and I don't know, for, I mean, in a room this size, those watching online, it could be fiction, it could be nonfiction, it could be biography, it could be just, you know, what falls under the category of inspirational work. Like, I, I don't know what it might be for you. I shared online this week two books on my reading list I'd love to share with you this morning. One by Erwin McManus uh, called Way of the Warrior. Uh, the other by Brene Brown. I love her stuff. Uh, the one I'm reading this summer is called Dare to Lead. So just a couple of options for you. Of course, if you're interested in a real good road trip book, there's, uh, there's another one that I'd recommend. That uh... I was going to say it's a shameless plug, but there's all kinds of shame. Right here, just feeling it. All right, that brings me to the next one, which is make time to rest. Make time to rest. You've got to build this into your summer season. And specifically, some of you know exactly who I'm talking to. Uh, number 10, don't vacation so hard that you need a vacation afterwards. All right? And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, that, that you push so hard and you work so hard and you run so hard and then you plan your vacation, you plan it to the hill and you go so hard during your vacation, you're trying to maximize every moment in that vacation and then you're done with your vacation and you come back and you need a vacation, you're exhausted and you need a vacation from the vacation that you took as a vacation away from the pace in which you already were exhausted and friends, we can't do that to ourselves. We've got to build in time to rest. We push so hard. Psalm 127 says this. It is useless. It's useless. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Could you just circle that phrase? God gives rest. He gives you rest. You're his loved one. So allow him to give you rest. Brings me to number 11, which is nap. Nap. Amen. Nap. It, it is such a holy word, is it not? Nap. Yeah, there are a few of you that think you're too good to nap. You are not too good to nap. Even Jesus napped. Okay? Check this out. It says in Matthew 8, 23, 24, then he, talking about Jesus, he got into the boat. And his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was, say it with me, sleeping. That's right. Jesus was taking a nap in the boat. 
here's what I want you to see. He was so gloriously unconcerned in the middle of a storm that he's sawing logs. Is that beautiful? He is so at peace with the fact that his heavenly father can run the universe that he did not even stress, that even when the wind and the waves picked up, he was still so perfectly at peace that he was able to be asleep in the boat. See, God gives his loved ones that kind of rest. And that's what I pray for you. Sometimes the holiest thing you can do. I, I hear applause over here. That's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, sometimes the holiest thing you can do is take a nap. This actually brings me to number 12, which is, again, a true challenge for the summer season. Try to ratchet down the normal pace of life. Try to ratchet it back a little bit. And here's what I mean. So many of us have a normal pace of life, but it's absolutely at the very thin edge of chaos. And we're running so hard, we're redlining all the time, and there's no room for margin. And these summer months are a great opportunity to just ratchet down the normal pace. Come up with a new normal. Come up with a new default where you're able to ebb and flow and there's a little bit more margin so that the interruptions don't hurt so bad so that you can actually see how God can speak through those things. There's time to have a significant conversation with a loved one. There's time to invite a friend over for a barbecue, that kind of a thing, okay? And, and the key word on this is just that recognition of Sabbath, that, that God has Sabbath in mind for his people. I'll read a quote to you from Jurgen Moltmann, writes, after six working days, people are to rest, and that means not intervening in nature, either nature outside ourselves or our own nature within. On this day of divine rest, men and women will stop looking at nature from the angle of cost-benefit calculations. They will let it be as God's creation and will enjoy it. On this day of the week, the nature which human beings process and utilize should be allowed to breathe and come to itself again. Our mental and purposeful concentration on reason and will is relaxed. On this day, the mind or spirit can return again to the body which has made its instrument. The body becomes the temple in which God's spirit can live and rest. See, I love this quote because what it says is because of the pace we run at, Right? Our bodies can become fragmented. You know, you can run your body and it can, you can drive it and drive it and drive it and it'll go faster than your soul. It'll go further than your heart. And so you need to rest and build rest in so that your sort of body has a chance or your heart has a chance to catch up with your body and you can actually just be and breathe and appreciate what it is that God's doing. And I, I love this phrase that he uses. You're not looking at nature with a cost-benefit analysis. You're not constantly thinking, okay, how can this benefit me? How can this benefit my family? How do, I, how do I make the most out of it? You're just enjoying. See, I think we need a little bit of re-education that it's okay just to sit on the back deck and enjoy a long sunset. It's okay to watch a butterfly meander across the yard. I mean, how long has it been? It's okay just to let the kids run and play outside and have a leisurely conversation with a loved one. It's okay for that. There's an activity that the Howerton family's been doing. We actually did it for the first time this year on Easter Sunday, because it was a beautiful day, Easter Sunday. And 
What we did is we all wandered out in the front yard and we laid on our backs in the grass and we were looking up at the clouds and we started identifying what the shapes of the clouds were. So it doesn't sound like much to, to talk about, but it just was so fun and we had such a good time. And of course, the more creative and imaginative you can be with what you think clouds look like, the more fun it is on the ground. For example, my son decided one cloud looked like Tom Selleck's mustache. You know, I, I thought that was interesting. But, uh, but like my parents were up just a few weeks ago and then my kids drug them out on the front yard, made them lay down on their backs. I was really surprised they were able to get up again, but... It just was that kind of fun experience where they wanted to bring them in. And so then they're looking up at the clouds and they're having fun. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because I would call that a Sabbath activity. I would call laying on your back, looking up at the clouds, a Sabbath activity. Because you're not accomplishing anything. You're just being together. What, what you're doing is, is you're enjoying quiet moments relationally and celebrationally. And that's what God has for us. That's what God wants to gift his beloved. He wants us to enjoy what he has for us. This brings me to number 13, which is feel free to make your kids be bored. I'm a big believer in boredom. I think, I think summertime boredom is what drives kid creativity. So I'm a big, big believer in it. And I, I just want to encourage you, you know, you feel free to just kick your kids outside. Say, hey, you guys got, got to go make it work. And, and it, you will see all kinds of beautiful expressions of creativity happen. All kinds of fun hide-and-seek games. All kinds of fun, you know, bike rides and bike ramps and all that stuff. You know, my mom, so I, I grew up, again, I grew up in the 70s, so it was a different day. But my mom, literally, what she would do is she would banish the children from the home. She'd be like, you guys, get out of here. I don't even want to see you until the streetlights come on, right? Like she would just kick us out. And, and so we just had to go and wander around the neighborhood and make our own fun. I remember my buddy Scott Parrott and I, we lived in Orange County, California. This is back when uh, Orange County still had orange groves. And so what we would do is we would bike down to where the nearest orange grove was. And then we would make forts in the trees. And then we would have orange fights with one another. And orange fights are exactly like snowball fights, except for with bruises. That, you know, you, you get bruised when you get tagged. And, and then the good thing was, when you get thirsty, you just open up an orange and you refresh yourself. So it was, it was great. But I'm just telling you that there's so much wonderful kid creativity that can happen when the cell phone gets put down, when they're outside, when they're experiencing what it is that God has created. All kinds of beautiful stuff, friendship stories can happen. Scripture says in Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You can kick your kids outside and just quote them this verse. God made this day. Go rejoice in it. No. <laughs> Send them out. Okay. The next one, last one here is where I'll close, is the challenge to drink it in. Just drink in what God has made. Psalm 19, 1 through 3, it says the heavens declare the glory of God. They declare it. They proclaim it. They announce the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. But the, the passage goes on. But everyone can hear their story. Everyone can see their testimony. 
because they communicate to every single heart that's open God's beautiful glory and splendor. And it's an invitation to soak it up and to join in with all creation in drinking in the beauty and the power and the preciousness that God has created and offers to us. It brings me to number 14, which is the challenge to try to worship Jesus by living joyfully. Worship Jesus by living joyfully this summer. And that you would capture the golden summer with gratitude and thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and following says, Be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so one of the practices that I'm trying to build in is I want to start every day and end every day with thanksgiving. I'm a, every morning I want to start and I want to spend some time journaling how grateful I am for the things that Jesus has done maybe yesterday or what, he, what it is that he's got going that day. And then when I hit the pillow that night, I want to end my day being thankful as well for what the day held, for a chance to do it again tomorrow. I challenge you to try to worship Jesus by living joyfully. And the last, number 15, do more things that feed your soul. Do more of the things that feed your soul. More of the things that fill you deeply. And what I really want to do is I really want to inspire each one of you. I, I, I don't know what it is you're looking forward to. Whether you're looking forward to connecting or reconnecting with grandparents or parents or grandkids or children or extended family, friends. Whether you're a planner or a payer, you're a goer or a stayer. My heart just wants to encourage you to maximize the golden gift that God gives us. And to choose today on the front end of it to enter into this summer intentionally appreciating the opportunity. In fact, if I was going to summarize all of, all of our message today, I would just use these words. Seize the day. It's that carpe diem kind of a message. That you seize the day. That you are so intentional about what it is that you're being offered by the Lord. There's this commercial out there, and I don't know who it's for. I don't even know what the product is. But it starts off, and, and it says something like this. It says, you only have 18 summers with your kids. And it, it, shh, we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, yeah, that's no, okay. We don't want to pitch any product right now, except for the product of life. Okay, so, but, but the idea is, it's a short time. You only have a little window. Whether or not you have 18 summers with your kids or you've got more than 18 summers with your kids, the truth is you've got a limited amount of summers. God has given you this as a gift. So take it and receive it. Take it and receive it. Intentionally jump into it with both feet. Have your eyes wide open. Make your list. Like Go hard after it in such a loving and relational and adventurous way so that when you come to September... And you're challenged to write that essay mentally about what you did over the summer. There's all kinds of pinnacle, all kinds of adventure, all kinds of glory that you can recount. Because you didn't waste it. You made the most of every opportunity. Amen. See, I want you to be able to go, oh, we lived it well, and we loved well, we laughed well, we volunteered, we served, we gave, we traveled, we explored, we, you know, we hiked, we, we had a blast together because you know that you made the most of the opportunities that God has given you. So what I want you to do right now is just bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's ask him for his help. 
Because we, we need his help. We need his wisdom in terms of how we can do this thing. But as I come to offer this to the Lord, I just want to tell you that I know for some of you, it's, it's a little deeper than just coming up with a good list. I know that for some of you, there's something that's holding you back. I know for some of you, it's, there's a, there's, maybe it's an addiction. Some of you, there's, there's an unhealthy form of medication that you've been going after as a balm for your soul. You need to lay it down. For some of you, there's a hang-up or a habit, and, and you carry that habit around like a burden. It's preventing you from living this free and this full life that Jesus has for you. For others of you, it's a hurt. You've got a hurt within you, and that hurt, it, it's still a wound. And it's preventing you from maybe trusting in a relationship. It's preventing you from maybe reaching out and pursuing a friendship. You still got a hurt. You need heal. You need heal. Maybe for you, it's just fear. You're just locked into a space and you're afraid. You don't have the courage. You think you don't have the courage to step in and really make the most of the time that Jesus has for you. So here's what we want to do. Jesus, you know each one of our hearts. You know exactly what it is that we wrestle with. You know what our burden is. You know what our hang-up is, what our habit is. You know what the wound is. So, Lord Jesus, would you just meet each one of us right now exactly where we are? Lord, if it's a burden, we just offer it to you now. We ask that you take it from us and let us lay it at the foot of your cross. If it's a habit, Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would meet us in the midst of this habit, that you would forgive us, and that you would bring a new behavior right there in its place some new life-affirming, soul-edifying behavior that we could embrace and walk with you. If it's a wound, Lord Jesus, we pray for your deep healing within us. Lord Jesus, whatever it is that is holding us back, whatever we're afraid of, whatever's preventing us from living the fullest, richest, most abundant life as your son and as your daughter, Jesus, we just offer that to you now, trusting that you will take it that you will touch it, that you will heal it, and that you will carry us forward as your son, as your daughter. We declare all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you stand right now and let us continue to worship our Lord Jesus together.
Amen. We are children of God. That is earth-shattering news. That is, that, is, that is just so inspiring, so encouraging. Well, I am so excited. What, what a morning together, from baptisms to an inspiring message, what the summer looks like, and, and I wish I could say, and we get to go out into 80-degree weather, but that'll be next week, next week. Uh, go ahead, take a seat in this moment, and, and in just a moment, we're going to collect a few things, and, and the first of which is, is this guy. This is the connection card, and, and so let us know if anything's changed as far as your contact info. we got a lot of things coming up over the next 10 weeks, and, and we want to make sure that you get the right information from us. So uh, you can take care of that on the front, and on the back, we'd just love to know how can we be praying for you, or what's the next step maybe you're, you're taking in your faith journey. If it's your first time, hang on to your card and meet us in the Connection Center after service so we can meet you and make sure we get a gift in your hand before you leave. Otherwise, you can just drop this in the bucket when it comes by. And, uh, and actually, let's do this. Ushers, if, if you want, go ahead. Let's come forward now. We'll, we'll collect those cards I just talked about, as well as any gifts, tithes, or offering. Again, an act of worship, one way that we celebrate, that we know that everything's the Lord's and that we trust him and that, that this is a way in which we get to partner with one with what he's up to in this world. And so as the buckets are going by, I just want to mention a couple things, a couple things. Uh, uh, the first of which is, and by the way, all these you can sign up in the hallway at the, at the Serve the World counter. Uh, you can swing by there and put your name down on a little sign-up form if, if you want to help with any of these. Uh, the first is this, is is block parties. If if you want to host a block party, as Pastor Mike talked about, uh, it's one of those things where you plan it, but we will help you. We have games, we have supplies, we have all kinds of stuff you can use. Uh, so if you want to throw a block party in your neighborhood, that you feel like that's something that you want to do to get to know the folks that you live near, then let us know so that we can follow up with you. Uh, second, if you want to help us with the park parties, those are things where we plan it, but we need your help. And so we need a, a team of people at each of these nine different park parties to help host those so that those go well. Uh, we'd love to know if, if you can help us with those. And again, you can sign up in the hallway. And then last is the serve opportunities. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, the easiest way to make sure you get all this information, I'll just say it this way, is make sure you leave today with one of these summer brochures, okay? So swing by the Connection Center. If you have one of these in your hand, you have everything, everything that we're, we're doing this summer when it comes to serving and parties and all of that. And so let's do this. Let's all stand. I want to I bless you out of here. Uh, before I do, though, a quick reminder. Everybody remind me, what time is service next week? 10 a.m., 10 a.m. And what's happening after service next week? A barbecue, a barbecue. In case you didn't know, we're having a barbecue. Hot dogs and chips and drinks and, uh, and, and, and ice cream. And so, uh, and, and nice weather, really nice, warm, awesome weather. And so make sure that you're with us next Sunday. And, and, and if, if there's any way that we can actually take care uh, of any need, any prayer requests you have, make sure you swing by the prayer room uh, before you leave. It's, it's second floor in the prayer alcove to your left. Uh, let's do this. Close your eyes and lift your faces heavenward. I would love to just pray these words of blessing over you. And now may you walk into this week and this summer with the expectation of a great adventure. May the Spirit be your guide. May the Son be your companion. And may the Father chart your course. You are loved, so now may you love others adventurously. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Excited to barbecue next week, 10 a.m. <laughs>